0: You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition.
1: Jesus took care of the spiritual need first, and that's the way God works. The devil works from the outside in. He comes at you from outside in, but God works from the inside out. You become born again. When you get born again, you experience the born again spirit-filled, your, your whole nature being changed by the Holy Ghost, that's the beginning, and God begins to leaven the whole lump. He begins to change the whole life.
0: With all of the pain and suffering that we experience in our world today, it's easy to get caught up in our physical needs. We get so focused on fixing what's right in front of our eyes that we forget what truly fixes everything. Today, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that if you want to fix the mistakes that are holding you back, you need to give your heart to Jesus. There's nothing that you could ever do on your own to fix it all. Only the perfect grace of God can. Change your circumstances by the power of God. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Mark, chapter 2, as he begins his message, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother.
1: We're continuing through Mark's Gospel. And you know what I wanna do with this is I'm just trying to get as close to Jesus through the word as I can. How many of you want Jesus? I mean Jesus, that's why we're here, isn't it? Jesus. How many of you wanna grow in Jesus? Can you say with Paul that I may know him? Well, Paul already knew him. He's saying that I may progressively come to know him. More and more and more. He's basically saying, I can't get enough of Jesus. That's what he's saying. Well, you find Jesus in the scriptures, and we're taking a journey through Mark with Jesus. And let's look now. Here's Mark chapter 2, verse 1. And let me just read it, and uh, you can pitch in, I think, towards the end. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. What did Jesus do? He preached the word to them. What were they so hungry? Why did they gather around the house? Because he was preaching the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. Since they could not get into Jesus because of the crowd, look what they did. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat, the paralyzed man was lying on. Can you say with me, desperate faith? That's desperate faith, that's determined faith. When Jesus saw, what everybody? Their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there, and they always are, thinking to themselves. And here's what they were thinking. Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus, what what does it say? He knew. He knows what you think. He knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Boy, don't you know that was a walk on the way home (laughs) with his four friends. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, read it with me, everybody. We have never seen anything like this. Amen. This is a great story, and we're going through Mark. i told you a few things about Mark to kind of orient you to the book. It is the, the gospel of immediacy. Matter of fact, in these 12 verses, I found three immediately. It it reads like a newspaper. If you want to tell somebody who's just been born again what, what book to read in the Bible, I would say either Mark or John. Matthew and Luke focus far more on the teachings of Jesus. Mark focuses on the actions of Jesus. And it's at breakneck speed. I forget how many, I think 46 times the word immediately, something like that, is in the book of mark immediately this immediately that mark is showing us a messiah who has a goal who is on the move who is headed towards the cross who knows exactly what he's there for so you hear him he immediately this. he immediately that the gospel of immediacy now i wanted to pull out a few of the miracles it's not all we're going to look at in mark but a few of the miracles because of what they reveal about Jesus. And I don't know about you guys, but the older I get, the more it all just boils down to me, to Jesus. Why are we here? Jesus. Who changed you? Jesus. Who died for you? Jesus. Who's coming back? Jesus. It all just boils down to Jesus. Now, here, let me show you what we learn about Jesus. First of all, It begins with a man who couldn't help himself. He could not help himself. The Bible says he was a paralytic. Now, we don't know what did it except Jesus lets us know it had something to do with sin. All sickness does not come from a sin in someone's life, but some sickness does. And Jesus, when he sees this man, and I'm jumping ahead, but just to kind of cover this, when he sees the man being God, he immediately scanned him With his x-ray vision. And saw the root of the problem. And the root of the problem was that he was a paralytic from some sin. Because Jesus said first, your sins are forgiven you. Then he healed him. So the man's need was not just physical. It was spiritual. And Jesus took care of the spiritual need first. And that's the way God works. The devil works from the outside in. He comes at you from outside in, but God works from the inside out. You become born again. When you get born again, you experience the born again, spirit-filled, your whole nature being changed by the Holy Ghost. That's the beginning, and God begins to leaven the whole lump. He begins to change the whole life, but it begins within you. Now, he looked right into this man, and he knew exactly what his need was. His greatest need was spiritual. His greatest need was forgiveness. Now, he's a paralytic, and and when I see this, I don't know if he was quadriplegic, I don't know if he was paraplegic, but he was on a stretcher. So something bad had happened to this man, and he'd apparently been this way for quite some time, and he had friends without whom he would never have been healed. He had friends. And when I picture this guy, he he can't help himself, he's paralyzed, he's on a stretcher, he's at the beck and call of other people, Uh, he's got to have other people taking care of him. In our day, he'd be in an institution of some kind or being taken care of in, in a home by others. But when I look at him and he can't help himself, I realize that so much of our world is paralyzed like him if you look at it this way. Paralyzed in the sense that you feel helpless. Maybe an addiction has a grip on you, and you feel helpless. He ain't heavy, he's my bro. (laughs) He ain't heavy, he's my brother. Because that's what these four men are gonna show. You can have an addiction to a drug, And it's got a grip on you, and you feel helpless. And if somebody doesn't pray for you or help carry you, you're just not going to get healed. And I'm speaking not just to those who feel this way, but to those who know somebody this way. Because you're either in this man's place, or you're in the place of his friends. Where you're either going to be the helper or the helpy. But either way, we're all in one of those two categories. Depression may have a grip on you. Do you know how many Christians experience depression? Do you know depression is almost one of those things you don't talk about in church because everybody says, well, you ought to have the joy of the Lord and and what's the matter with you and snap out of it. And they don't really understand the grip that depression can get on you. And so depression is one of those things you just don't tell people uh, how you feel. Oh, I feel wonderful. And you go out and you die by the time you're in the car because you feel depressed. Or maybe a fear has got a hold of you. And you have fought that thing and you don't know how to get out of it. It's just got a grip on you. Or what about loneliness? So many Christians are lonely. You know, I read a story the other day. This uh, reporter went into an apartment complex and he began to interview people. He began to interview people doing a study and a story on loneliness. And here's what he was told by one woman in there. I go to the mall every day and I act like I'm shopping every day just so that one of the salespeople will come up and talk to me. Loneliness. You can be alone and not lonely, or you can be in a crowd and be lonely. What about lost? Lost people are everywhere. And the thing about their lostness, spiritual lostness, is the worst lostness of all, because you don't know you're lost. So people are paralyzed in many, many different ways. I deal with people all the time, very regularly, too regularly, who are hooked on drugs. And they just need somebody to say, you know what? I'm going to carry you. You're not heavy. You're my brother. You're my sister. Christians get hooked on drugs. Christians get lonely. Christians get depressed. Christians deal with fear. Christians are human beings who happen to be saved, and they're trying to work out their salvation with fear and trembling. But it doesn't mean everything is peachy. So they feel paralyzed and they don't wanna tell anybody because the last person you tell about your struggles is somebody in the church. And I don't wanna be a church like this. I want our church to be where you can walk in and say, you know, I'm really struggling, well, let me pray with you. There's some churches you walk in there and you better put on your halo, well polished and a big smile and don't tell people your problems. Isn't that sad? One time I preached in Houston, I was invited to preach at at a Bible church and this Bible church had never had, ever, in their whole existence, an invitation. And so I asked the, the, the it was a group of elders that ran it. There was not a, a head elder that I could discern. There was a group of them. And this was a very wealthy church. I mean, you drove up in this parking lot. All you saw was Mercedes and Beamers and Cads and all of this. Wealthy, upscale suburbanites. And I asked the, 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 one of the elders, I said, listen, I don't speak unless I can give an invitation. He said, well, you know, I'll get back with you on that. And I knew right then, something's wrong here. He called back, he said, you know, uh, Mr. Wickwire, we think we'll just postpone, translated, you ain't ever darkening these doors if you're giving an invitation. Well, I had a friend who went there, wealthy, really well off. He got mad. He approached the elders. He said, I want him to come. And he had his way with them. He called me back and said, well, okay, and I'll never forget. I preach, and I'll never forget. Those elders were were plastered up against the back wall. (laughs) And this church was loaded with people. It was packed to the gills, but they never had an invitation. And I remember when I was ministering the word, you could have heard a pin drop on a shag carpet. They were used to, Dry, didactic Boring Playing vanilla And I'll never forget before he introduced me I was at the chair on the stage And the devil hopped on my shoulder And said now when you get up there you better be cool You better not be who you normally are I mean just get up there And just kind of be professional And just teach a little bit and don't offend them And you know the holy the, the, Listen the devil will try to intimidate you At the most opportune times, the Holy Spirit said two words to me, be yourself. So I got up there to open up the Bible, and I said, here's what I'm going to preach on. I started preaching. I mean, I did this, I did this. I paced, and they were were (laughs) stunned. Those elders looked like somebody had pushed them into the (laughs) sheetrock. And then I said, I want you to stand up. And I said to these wealthy lawyers, doctors, CPAs, I said, some of you need Jesus in your heart and I'm inviting you to come down and ask Christ to save you and deliver you. Suddenly, there was a stampede. Kathy was there. A stampede. There was no room in the altar. And these wealthy, successful, educated, intelligent people, it turned out in some areas in their life, were paralyzed. Tears ruining the makeup of so many of these women. I went down to one of them and she said, real quietly to me, I've been considering suicide. We began to pray. We couldn't get through everybody. We finally, an hour after I gave the invitation, had to leave. The elders were speechless, dumbstruck. What are they going to do? Jesus moved. They followed us to my friend's house. Knocking on the door. We didn't get prayed for. Seriously. I'm telling you, there is a need and a hunger and a desire that is almost desperate on the heart of people. They want Jesus. They don't want dry dead religion. They want Jesus. So it makes me think of this man. How many people are paralyzed on the inside? How many people need to be delivered? How many people need to be carried through a problem into wholeness? This man was blessed with four friends, real friends. Now, I thought about this because I noticed, as I shared with you already, that Jesus told him that he needed to be forgiven. Jesus knew that he needed forgiveness and he knew that somehow sin was connected to his paralysis and so I thought do you think the friends knew that I do I do I think the friends knew that this man had sin in his life and I want you to notice the attitude of these friends they didn't say well you know we would carry you to the healer if the cause of your affliction were unknown but since there's sin in your life Tough luck, bub. God bless you. We'll see you at church. Oh, you can't make it to church. Well, sorry about that. Now, now, I'm, I'm salting and peppering this with a little bit of humor, but I want you to catch this now. Do you think friends that were willing enough to pick him up and carry him a long ways on a stretcher, each holding a corner, do you think friends like that knew about his stuff? Do you think they knew about his stuff? I do. I think they knew about his stuff. And yet they carried him. Now, one reason I focused on this particular uh, miracle is because we need to see as a church the real Jesus as opposed to the Pharisaical kind of church that you see some kind way too often in our day. The judgmental, tear you apart, non-restorative, critical, judgmental church, I want you to see what happened in this drama. This man had sin, and this man was paralyzed, and yet he had four friends that said, don't care, we're friends, we're your friends, hello? Hello? When you become a Christian, do you lose the capacity to be a friend when somebody has warts on their nose? You know, and I see Jesus in the story, and again, I'm jumping ahead, but he honored their friendship. I want you to understand, folks, that Jesus is a restoring Christ. Now, I'm going to say that again. Jesus is a restoring Christ. Christ. I'm going to read a real important verse to you. It's in Galatians 6.1, and it says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are, say the word with me, spiritual, you know what that means, spiritual? It means those of you who are like Jesus. Spiritual is when you're like Jesus. You're not going to get any more spiritual than being like Jesus. Hello, everybody. If you're like Jesus, you're spiritual spiritual so what is he telling us the earmark of a spiritual person look what it says if any of you who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness why do you have to do it in a spirit of gentleness why considering yourself because you could be tempted too you can fall like a rock you not me Pastor Jeff I've been in church all my life. I know that Bible backwards and forwards, buddy. I'm not going to be falling. I'm mature. Are you mature? You can still fall. You who are spiritual. He's saying, you spiritual ones who are like Jesus, if you're not careful, you could stumble. Now look what he says. Considering yourself... Lest you also be tempted, bear one another's burdens. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ. The law of Christ is what these four men did. Their friend had sin. Their friend had sin. And the sin had gotten him to such a point where he could not help himself. What do you do with someone who can't help themselves? Someone who's been in the church? Someone who you find out is addicted? Somebody who you find out has sin in their life? What do you do? Do you you diss them? If you're spiritual, now there is a difference, and I want you to hear this now. Sure, discipline is real. Sure, you need to call sin, sin. You can't help somebody if you don't call sin, sin. But at the same time, You've got to have a heart to restore. And if you don't have a heart to restore, you're not spiritual. How many of you want to be spiritual? The rest of you, you want to be carnal? (laughs) So one day, these four friends, they hear about Jesus. And they're watching their friend suffer. He's paralyzed. He's got sin in his life. They're watching him suffer. And one day they hear an incredible story. There is a man walking around. His name is Jesus. And this man... Is healing the sick And you know what happened to them Something in their heart was ignited with faith And they had a thought Wow do you think he can heal Joe Joe can't get to him Because he's way over yonder But We can put him on a stretcher We've got faith And we can pick him up And we can carry him To the healer Do you see the ministry of prayer here They brought him before Jesus. When you bring a name before Jesus, you are in essence carrying the paralytic to Jesus. They knew where to take him, we can't fix him, but we heard about somebody who can. And you know what, faith tells us if we can just get our friend to him, something incredible is gonna happen to him. This is an amazing story, it's, a, it's an incredible drama. They looked at each other, and I believe they said something like this. This isn't in the Bible. I'm conjecturing, but I think I'm right. No matter what it takes, we're going to get our friend to the healer. If it takes blood, sweat, tears, time, distance, effort, perseverance, we're going to get our friend to Jesus. They weren't condemning him. They weren't judging him. They weren't coming down on him. They said, we're going to get you to Jesus. We've got the faith for you. We've got the arms you need. We've got legs to walk. We can do what you can't do. So friend, you're not heavy. You're my brother. You're down, you're hurting, there's sin, but you're my brother. You who are spiritual, that's what you'll do. Now the Bible says that they were willing to work for a breakthrough because when they got there, they couldn't get near the house. And I want you to see the power of perseverance here and what Jesus honored. They couldn't get near the house. It was surrounded by people, packed with people, turning people away. Now I want you to notice the incredible faith of these men.
0: What a powerful word from Pastor Jeff. Today, we were shown the importance of having a community of believers around you. It's easy to focus so much on our own faith journeys that we forget to bring people alongside of us. It's not just a suggestion. We are called by Jesus to support our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. It doesn't stop there. We must also allow ourselves to be lifted up. No burden is too heavy. Surround yourself with others who can help bear the load. Here's Diane with some more info about Hardwired. You've been listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Would you be interested in helping support this ministry as we further the gospel? All you have to do is text 817-484-4767 and enter the word GIVE to donate. We're so grateful for your continued support in listening to this program and also investing in the ministry. Once again, text GIVE to 817-484-4767 to GIVE. Here's Daniel one more time with a sneak peek about the next edition. In the next installment of Hardwired, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that if you want to seek after the heart of God to the fullest, you need to bring others alongside of you. It doesn't matter how big or small your transgressions are. They will never be too heavy for the Lord. Stop trying to make everything happen on your own and let God do the work. Grow in your closeness with Him by allowing fellow believers to help usher you into His presence. That's all we have for today's edition of Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you can download it from our website, hardwired.org. Be sure to tune in again as Pastor Jeff continues teaching through the book of Mark next time on Hardwired.